man, how can you afford gas for that big SUV? I pay less for gas than everyone else. I got the free Get Upside Gas app and get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time I buy gas. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You're getting up to 25 cents off a gallon with the free Get Upside Gas app while I'm paying full price? You know it. People earned over a million dollars last year. You just got to take a picture of your gas receipt and bam, up to 25 cents a gallon cash back. You don't have to tell me twice. I'm downloading the free GetUpside Gas app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code NEXT for a 20-cent gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 45 cents a gallon on your next tank. Just download the free GetUpside app at the App Store or Google Play and use promo code NEXT. Save money on gas on every fill-up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code NEXT. That's N-E-X-T. What's going on and welcome into your favorite podcast. So that being said podcast with your boys George and Sammy episode 548 and we got special guests today. Uh, We actually did a collab with Preach Kev Preach with Rashad and uh, so I'm going to be playing that after this intro but as always it's your boy Sammy Georgeur and me George Georgeur and we're coming at you recorded in direct. From the Sun Hub. Yeah, we uh, had a nice post NBA draft podcast. Uh, you know, went pretty long, like an hour and ten minutes. Yeah, uh, it was us with Preach Kev, Preach, and Rashad, who we did a podcast on our platform with um, about three weeks ago, before the NBA Finals started, um, and we were just on their platform uh, last night. It was recorded last night, right after the draft, late night. You know, around eight or nine p.m. Pacific time. Um, and now we're here this morning just getting the pod ready, and I hope you guys enjoy. And uh, as always, you can find us at sonsports.com, sontsports.com. Um, you can find all of our social media for the pod at pod that on Twitter and at that being said pod on Instagram. And if you go to sonsports.com, sontsports.com, you can find all of our social media there. Um, and the pod can also be found on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, George's favorite. I love Stitcher. Um <laughs> Where else? YouTube, Apple, SoundCloud, everywhere you can find the podcast. So go check that out. Um, exciting draft, though, George. Yeah, it really was. Um, we only spent a little bit talking about the Charlotte Hornets on this podcast. Uh, running joke. You'll kind of get it when you listen. And if you don't get it, go listen to the first podcast with the boys after. Yeah. Or before the NBA Finals, too. All right. Much love. We appreciate your guys' support. And uh, make sure you go check out Preach Kev Breach with Rashad also on uh Apple and other platforms, you, you'll see them on our Twitter as well. Yeah. Um, George, what's up, man? For those that don't know, I you know it's sontsports.com, right? What's Sont? Sports on tap. So you know what, George? This is sports on tap, and this is sports radio redefined. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline? Feeling my feeling my baseline? You feeling my baseline? You feeling you feeling my baseline? Oh man, welcome to Preach Kev Preach. We here with another man, another episode, another summary here with my guy Rashad. What's going on? Not much, brother. Just got a special delivery in the mail. Shout out to 47 Brand. Just ordered some hats. They finally came in. Oh yeah. Ready to rock them things for the summertime, man. Oh yeah, we we got four four piece. Oh yeah, we you know, I'm adding to my hat collection. You know how that goes. Yeah, well, yo, we not fathers, but we took advantage of the Father's Day deal. Right, of course. <laughs> 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 nah, but shout out to my for real though. 
Uh, we got a good podcast for you this week. Um, NBA draft, man. You know, we know we're here. We had to get that reaction for the NBA draft. We had Sammy and George from That Being Said podcast. You know, one of our um, a podcast that we posted, what, two or three weeks ago. We were featured on theirs, and now we return the favor and featured them on ours. So, Rashad, anything you got to say? Uh, great guys. Uh, also, a fellow fellow sports podcasters. They've been doing it for a while. Huge brand, huge following. Uh, so definitely check them out. Um, that being said, podcast Sammy and George, George Orr. All right, and uh, we're gonna take it right to it. No, no, uh, no time to wait. So here we go. Um, our joint podcast with that being said podcast. Ah, welcome to Preach, Kev, Preach. Pastor Kev, Kev here with another episode, another sermon. I'm here, of course, with Rashad. What's up? Going nothing, nothing much, man. Um, we got we got two guests from that being said podcast, George and Sammy. Man, how y'all guys doing? Good, man. This is George. We're doing pretty well, man. I hope you guys are enjoying the NBA draft. And uh, I know there's been no basketball the last few nights, but we've had plenty to talk about with all the trades and the draft tonight, of course. And uh, Sammy here, uh, good man, everything's good. Basketball is a, a never-ending, you know, news story. I mean, we, we have off-season. The day the NBA Finals is over, we start getting trades. We start getting free agency rumors. And now we got the draft. So it, it's awesome. And, uh, you know, you can find us. Uh, if you go to sonsports.com, sontsports.com, uh, that's kind of the website we run, and you can find all of our stuff there. But uh, we're just glad to be doing this podcast with you guys. Yeah, man. So, like, like you said, the NBA never ends. Uh, you know, the finals well, lasted well, maybe well, a week and a half ago. We just ended. And now here we, got, here we are with guys who never in, played, played a game yet. We'll be suiting up next season. We had, you know, the, the top three been probably the, the first three picks ever since the lottery came out. I know a lot of speculation about the Knicks the last few days, but – we knew where they was going, and one, two, three went as expected. So I, I just want to start talking about this, guys. Um, you know, when we when we try to debate about who's the be- who's going to be the better the prospect, we know that you know Zion is is Zion, who we know who he is. John Morant came out of nowhere recently, and and as a six five point guard can do it all. And then R.J. Barrett, which you know in the NBA wings win wings win you rings. Uh, I like to say, and R.J. Barrett with the Knicks. So. I just want to talk about who who do y'all think out of the three will be are in the best fit first off, and then second, who would be the best one when it's all said and done? Well, uh, this is George. I guess I'll go first here. When you're talking about fits, man, um, I think we're in an odd situation in this draft where all three guys are kind of. I mean, look, Kevin Durant might go to New York, so this uh, R.J. Barrett, but he'll be out all next year. But in general, all three guys are great fits because they're going to be able to do as rookies what they want to do. You got Zion in New Orleans. He's going to be, you know, the the offense is going to center around him. Uh, You got Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram going there as well. But I think they're going to allow Lonzo, uh, Zion to do his thing. John Morant with Mike Conley now out of Memphis. He's going to be able to do his thing. And R.J. Barrett, as long as the Knicks, I mean, I don't know what the Knicks are going to do now that 
you know, the, all indications for the whole season was, oh, Durant's going to be there. But now with no Durant, I think R.J. Barrett's going to be do, able to do his thing. So I think all three of those guys in, are in an odd position where they're rookies, but they're actually going to be able to, like, kind of run their own offenses. And that being said, I, I still think Zion's the best. But what do you guys think about that? It's kind of weird how, like, all three guys are going to just kind of get their moment to shine as the top three picks right away. Uh, for me, I think it's going to be RJ. Um, the Knicks really don't have a complete roster. It's kind of a blank canvas. So I think RJ is the best player. Like, I see him in three to five years being a Kawhi Leonard, James Harden type guy. Like, because in three to five years, LeBron will probably be on the downside, retired. So will probably KD. Harden and Kawhi could be on their downside. They'll be over 30. I think RJ has the upside to be one of the best players in the league. So I think he's in the best situation. Because just hearing the reports about maybe the Nets don't want to sign Kyrie as a solo act, he could slot to New York, and that'll still probably bring in Kevin Durant. So RJ, he'll be in the best situation, and he'll be around guys where he can let his game grow and develop and become a, a star in three to five years. Um, John Morant probably wins Rookie of the Year just because he's in the he's he's a ball dominant guy, so he'll get a chance to do a lot of pick and rolls, and he'll probably get eighteen and nine as a rookie. Um, Zion, I'm not as high on because the Pelicans have to fill their roster out around him. He doesn't shoot the ball well. He's really just an athletic freak. So I see him kind of being a Blake Griffin as far as his ceiling. Um, I want to see what the Pelicans keep doing with their roster. They have David Griffin. He's making a lot of good moves. So let's just see how they finish retooling the roster. I know Lonzo's there and Drew's there. That's probably going to be the best defensive backcourt in the league. But uh, I think they need more shooting around Zion because his game isn't based upon uh, – he's a, he's going to probably have to figure out his position. They're going to have to get him comfortable, and they need shooting around because he doesn't shoot. So it's going to be interesting to see how uh, how he translates to the NBA. Yeah, I mean, for me, this is Sammy here, and uh, I've always been a little more of a question mark with Zion. I, I do think no matter what, you take him at number one. Um, but I've always kind of had this feeling that, man, there's guys like R.J. Barrett that might be more talented long-term than him. I mean, Zion is the type of guy that I don't know if his jumper's going to develop. I don't know how good he's exactly going to be. So uh, short-term, I like Zion, though, because like we were talking about, you know, obviously he has Drew Holiday, he has Lonzo, he has Ingram. You know, they kind of have their – their team a little more set, so they're going to make a little more noise. But I I agree. I, I like guys like R.J. Barrett. I mean, for me, R.J. Barrett's the type of guy that can be a scorer, a threat offensively and defensively. He could be a threat because of his athleticism, his size. And he's kind of getting to get this blank slate with the Knicks. They got nobody around him. I know they got Frank Nicolina. Um, and, they, you know, they got some other young pieces like Alonzo Trier. But they don't got any, like, uh, you know, prime time their go-to guys and i think rj is going to be that guy we did see rj break the acc record for most points by a freshman and that's with zion and cam reddish on his team he was still able to get buckets every single night so for me i'm i'm the most excited about rj and and probably part of that's because he's going to be a nick and when you're on the knicks you know you're going to get some prime time games if you're scoring well you're going to become a big time guy um, so I really like that RJ pick Zion. I believe in, but I also think he's going to need those pieces around him. And then last but not least, John Morant, um, 
My only concern is he might be a little Westbrook-ish, which let's say Westbrook was on OKC right now without Paul George. I don't know how good they'd be. We've already seen them struggle in the playoffs with Paul George and Westbrook. So I'm just concerned about John Moran being a guy that can be explosive, score a lot, you know, fill up the box score, but not necessarily be a winner. So if I'm going to pick my favorite pick out of all these, it's going to be RJ just because of uh, the threat in New York where he has nobody else and he's going to be able to score and kind of run that team. But of course I'm still excited about Zion because we know his potential is pretty high compared to other people. And he's one of those can't miss draft pieces. Yeah. And I'm going to go right back with y'all and and RJ as well. Um, See, the thing about this is like, you know, Zion, he's, he's probably going to be on the better team because when you trade Davis for what you got, you know, you have an overall of talent. You have more talent than another two teams. Um, probably the better coach, um, at least in, at least between uh, Morant and Zion. But um, Zion has had to be the first pick because of excitement, what he can bring to the table, the the athleticism, um, also the box office and being able to sell tickets. Um, he was he was gonna be number one. Morant, I think he's in the I think he's in the best situation to um, because he will have no pressure. Uh, he's in Memphis. Um, that fan base doesn't really expect a lot. They just they just are happy to be in the playoffs um, throughout throughout the Paul Gasol run, throughout the Zebo and Margasol run. You know, as long as they made the playoffs, the Grizzlies fans right there cheering them guys on. So uh, I think Morant with him and Jaron Jackson, that's going to be a great tandem. Um, a, a, every big man needs a good guard, and every good guard needs a good big man. Uh, so that's a perfect match um, to me. But yeah, RJ is is the wing, and I'm I'm preaching that the wing the wings win the NBA because you think look around the league, the best teams whether that's Toronto right now, uh, the Lakers. You got you got how how great the Sixers are with Jimmy and Ben Simmons. How good the Bucks are with having Giannis. Like you see that the wings are prevalent to like NBA success. Uh, even even when you have the you know your, your star somewhere else, and then your wings are your three and D guys. You you, you need that, and RJ Barrett can. Like like Rashad said, he's gonna be the James Harden who can do it all, and he might he might he might not be as good as James Harden, but you know from a star standpoint, you know that that's that's his, that's the ceiling where he needs to get to, uh, and I feel like I feel like it's it him everybody all three of them like you said it was the perfect spot landing spot for each three it, it it worked out perfectly. Yeah, this is like one of those rare situations I feel like where, you know, usually I, I think top three picks in the draft I. Usually I'm like nitpicking one of them or I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. But I, I like all three guys. I mean, if you told me any of those order one, two, three, I would have had no problem with RJ going one, Morant going one, or Zion going one. They're all three really, really good prospects. And I think Zion, you kind of had to take him number one because you can't be the GM who passed on Zion. <laughs> like if Zion, let's say, flames out, right, which I don't think he will. If Zion flames out, like you can't really blame the GM. Like everyone was going to take Zion. But if if, Zion, if you pass on Zion and he becomes a superstar, you don't want to be that GM who actually passed up on Zion. You know what I mean by that? Like, yeah, you kind of have to take him at one. Yeah, for nothing else, just the box office appeal for at least the next three to five years because he's going to he's already sold out plenty of season tickets just on draft lottery night. So just on his upside and box office draw alone, he had to go number one because New Orleans they don't have any stars there i mean anthony davis was a top five player in the league and he couldn't even sell out smoothie king at least zion comes in day one and he's going to be a box office draw 
I mean, I think one of the problems is called Smoothie King Arena, man. They got to change that name. To oh, God. Like, <laughs> they got to change everything. Pelicans, Smoothie King Center. <laughs> Low key, he changed the city, too. Everything man. about <laughs> it. Everything about it's wrong. I know. I don't even know. I have, I've, I've been in your I'm, I'm, a couple of times. They're like, oh, you're going to the Smoothie King tonight. Like, really? <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Seattle's wide open. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right about that. Um, so after the first three, we knew those three were going to be the pick. So let's move on to the draft. Uh, we had we had a trade early earlier in the in the day before the trade came on, along, and that was the Hawks and the Pelicans. The Pelicans got what eight seventeen and I think thirty five. Got rid of Solomon Hill's contract, and that brought the Hawks the fourth pick and kept number ten. So they they moved up in the draft. It's better to not try to draft three rookies. I mean, that's just that's just too much too much youth, especially when you already got youth already on the team. So the Hawks made a move. They got DeAndre Hunter. Ended up getting Cam Reddish. I'm really interested. You know, I'm just worried about other teams and stuff. Uh, how did y'all like? You know, the, how how the rest of the lottery played out. I mean, I I, I mean, I thought it worked out pretty good. I, I I I'm one of those guys who just loves Cam Reddish. And I kind of feel like I know he's gonna be good, but I felt like Atlanta was the wrong place for him just because Trey Young's so ball dominant that I mean Reddish is gonna be spotting up. I could be wrong about that, but I just kind of felt like with Hunter Reddish and Trey Young, I kind of feel like Reddish is gonna be kind of left like without that many touches. And I kind of felt like he was someone who needs touches. But my thing that I not too many people talk about, I thought the Phoenix Suns did great by giving up that number six pick and getting Sarich. That, that was the biggest thing. I I love that personally. I think that they add some scoring. They add a veteran presence. I, I just like that personally out of the lottery. For me, I'm going to stick a little bit to this uh, Atlanta thing. Atlanta... I like exactly what they did. And I see no problem with where, you know, what they did because number one, they they already have young talent. They have John Collins, they got Trey Young, and now they got DeAndre Hunter, they got Cam Reddish. I think it's great because of one thing especially is in the NBA you never really know who's gonna pan out. And for me, in a situation where you don't know who's gonna pan out and you got four or five, because I know they had Herters, Hoiters, I don't know how to say his name. You don't know who's going to pan out perfectly well in the NBA. And for the Hawks, man, they got five, five, six young guys that if you got two that work out really well, you're a dominant team for a while. And I think we saw this with the Oklahoma City Thunder back in the day. And I'm not, I'm not going to compare the, this Hawks team to the Durant, Harden, Westbrook times. But we got to remember that Thunder slash Sonics team, whatever you want to consider it. We're from Seattle, so I'm a little salty about it. But <laughs> I'm still mad Sonics. about it. Yeah, the Sonics, whatever it is. They drafted Durant, Jeff Green. They got Serge Baca, James Harden, Russell Westbrook. Now, all the guys actually turned out to be pretty decent. But even if two or three of them would have worked out, we saw that it was going to be an effective scenario. And that's what I'm seeing with this Hawks team. They're just saying, you know what? Let's just give me as many young guys as we can get. That way, when we get all these young guys, if one, two, or maybe even three, if you're lucky, pan out, and you got some other role players, you really are going to be in a good situation because we already see Trey Young working out pretty well. I mean, I'm not. I still would have taken Luca over him. I know they made that trade, but forget to trade for a second. Luca was looking pretty good the second. I mean, uh, Trey Young was looking pretty good the second half of the year. John Collins is looking good. Now you got DeAndre Hunter, Cam Reddish. You got a lot of young pieces. If two of them work out, just two, 
you're talking about a team that's going to be a high-caliber playoff contender. So I love what the Hawks did. And for the Pelicans, it also worked out. They already have a lot of pieces. They're moving back a little bit. They get out of a salary that they didn't want to have. So I think it was an absolute win-win for both teams. And I'm right there with you. I think the Knicks won the draft because they got, in my opinion, the best player. They got the next great Nick. And the Hawks, I think they are the second pick of who won the draft. I mean, they got Trey Young. They have John Collins already as the foundation. And with the trade with Dallas, they got the 10th pick, Cam Reddish. I mean, in college, he never really put it all together. So maybe he puts it all together. Maybe he doesn't. But he has high upside. You have Hunter, who's a 3-and-D wing. And, you know, 3-and-D wings are very, very valuable in the league today. So you think about they have shooting all around. Hunter, Trey. Um, they got Kevin Herter. And then look at next season. They have veterans in Baysmore. They have Allen Crabb. And they have Solomon Hill. You have some veteran presence there. Maybe Vince Carter comes back. Maybe he doesn't. But you have enough leadership and veterans to kind of teach guys, the younger guys, how to, you know, how to work out, how to eat right, things like that. Be good mentors for them. And then at the next season, let's just say the Hawks pan out. Baysmore and uh, Crab, those guys are coming off the books. So if the Hawks have a great year, they could possibly be a free agent destination going forward. So in about two years, the Hawks could be a team on the rise in the East. Um, so uh, I'm looking out for them because they have shooting, which is basically what the NBA all, is all about now, just shooting and 3 and D wings. So if you have that and you have a, a walking double-double in John Collins, he had about 38 double-doubles this year, you're going to be set for the future. <clears throat> yeah. And, and I want to point out, you know, a couple of teams just, just to make sure that we talk about them too is, um, one, the Minnesota Timberwolves, I think, you know, I, I think I believe that DeAndre Hunter is the best two-way player in the league. I mean, in the draft. I mean, sorry, uh, and then I think Cover was the second. Uh, having somebody who can get his own shot and also play defense. You got Covington there. If Wiggins can ever just take that next step, the if if if, <laughs> if because I mean, see, he, he's averaging seventy points a game. But if he can give me twenty-three next year, when you have Cover, you have a Covington. You got guys like that. You got Cat who's one of the best players in the game. It just, it just, you just need to. It, it's, it's there for Tim Wolves, and I, I thought they was trading up to get a point guard. They passed on Kobe White, so I was kind of, kind of uh, wondering who they're gonna take. And of course, cover what was was a pick that I thought they did, they did, they did need it, which makes if Wiggins doesn't step up, he does make him himself available for trade because you have somebody in cover. You have already have you already got covered, and so you got two guards, two wing spots already filled. So Wiggins could be on the way out. Um, and also, we talked about this last time about the Charlotte Hornets, and I think this time the Hornets did not. The Hornets did not horn it this time. I, I think I'm a Kentucky fan. I believe I'm a believer in PJ Washington um, from from his rise from freshman to sophomore year, the way he improved his game. He can shoot the basketball, score it in wheel inside, and his defense is coming along. I just I just know that it might not it might have been not have been who, what they needed. Because they got so many positions at so so uh, like like lock jammed, but it's definitely it's definitely good to have talent come in the building. Um, so I'm glad that Mitch Kupchak and, and Michael Jordan finally got something right. I want to say something really quick. This is Sammy here for a second. 
My thing with the Hornets, I agree with you. Good pick because we're talking about honestly one of the more prime time guys that was in the NCAA last year, and PJ Washington, and you know one of those guys that really rose up the draft board just you know from his freshman year to his sophomore year. And great pick, but my problem with the Hornets are. This is why you can't re-sign Kemba. Even if he wants to sign for less, I think this team needs to bottom out and just go with young guys because getting that 12th, 13th pick, every yeah, year, PJ Washington might turn out well. Every year, 12th, 13th pick, getting Malik Monk, who turned out not to be as, you know, he's fine, but he's not. I, I still believe in him for some reason. Yeah, George I, does. I, I love Malik Monk. But he's not great, right? He's not like, he's not. He's not as – And, he, you know, you got all these guys, the Marvin Williams, the – uh, they got Kid Gilchrist. Uh, they got PJ Washington now. They, there's a lot of Kentucky guys, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they got Bacon, right? Yeah, Is that what you them? And like Frank Kaminsky at the, like the John Cheeley. Yeah, <laughs> John Cheeley, whatever it was. And, and like Frank Kaminsky, because he was the best option at the ninth pick, whatever it was. All these picks are not going to lead to success. And that's all because, and that's nothing against Kemba. I mean, Kemba's great, but it's all because you kind of have a star. Also, have all these mid-draft average guys, and it for me, it's just one of those points where this team needs to just understand that it's time to just collapse for a year or two. Have PJ Washington, or have PJ Washington stay there, and then be bad for two years. Go get some top five picks, and then I think it's really going to work out. But. I don't know how PJ Washington's going to develop if they have Kemba Walker and then they got all these other fringe top 15 guys and they're winning 35 games a year and they continue to add top 15 guys. So that's my only issue with a lot of these middle of the road teams, even the Miami Heat, they got Tyler Hero. Um, that team has been like in between, like Pat Riley cannot handle tanking. So they're in between this whole, uh, we got to be good, but also like we're in the middle of the draft. I just, for me, teams like that, you got to kind of just accept the rebuild because otherwise you're going to keep getting middle of the pack, guys. Well, I, I, I think like next year, all two Hornet games I watch, I'll be thinking about you guys. <laughs> but <laughs> we should probably spend the next 15 minutes on the Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, but I, I agree with Sammy there. But I love PJ Washington. He's going to be a good player for them. But you got to bottom out at some point and try to go get a top three pick and get that next guy because i mean you keep picking from 10 to 13 you're gonna end up with the second tier talent in the draft yeah i mean i thought the lottery went somewhat chalk but i don't think anybody missed on anything um i know kev mentioned Culver going into the t-wolves it's a good pick, but at the same time, they're just kind of making up for what they've done bad. <laughs> I mean, they had Levine. You had, you had Levine, shipped him out. Brought in Jimmy Butler, shipped him out. So you're just recycling your two-guard position, really. So I and can't He might not the, be as good as either one of those two guys. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I can't just give the T-Wolves a pat on the back for it. I mean, it was the best pick you could have made, but I'm not going to give them a pat on the back. It's really just a – yeah, third lateral hey, move. New, Zach, Jimmy, Cobra. new management. Okay, that they had, they had to, re, they had to refix what was been broken. <laughs> but yeah, I mean it's a lateral move, so I won't, I won't give them too much of a pat on the back. And um, I like Tyler Hero going to Miami. They needed scoring. Um, they kind of just let. I think the Hornets and the Heat, they're kind of in the spot where they have to let some bad contracts or just contracts in general come off the books, and then they can kind of start. 
retooling the roster. I mean, we can't stress the Hornets drafting. I mean, they, they kind of still did Charlotte this thing up. They, they kept going power forward. They, they've they been going Von Lay, Zelda, and Comiskey, so why not go another <laughs> That's that's yeah. neither here nor there. <laughs> well, um, I think the Celtics did good too. Like we know the Celtics are in like the trade market, yes. so they kind of start they they kind of start getting back some young assets again, and you know they could maybe be looking at shipping out Jalen Brown or something like that. So I like what the Celtics. Jalen Brown for Capella. It it, 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 need, it need to come on my screen any any second now. You got you sleeper yeah, is uh Ty Jerome too. Yeah, I love that. I love that one. Sneaky pick, Ty Jerome. I love that one a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of want to piggyback on the Tyler Hero pick. Like, one thing with the, the the Heat, and I hear it all the time, is like, oh, the Heat need to bottom out, and the Heat need to, like, go rebuild and get a top pick and, re- and reload. I think the problem, like, he's great is Pat Riley is going to retire soon. I don't think he's really going to be sticking around for a rebuild. So I think he's kind of in that place where he's trying to go for it, but doesn't really have the assets to go for it. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's what? Pat Riley's what, 71 now? Like he's getting old. He's getting know. up there in age. How long is he going to be the GM of the Miami Heat? Like, at some point, he's just – he can't rebuild. He can't 74. bottom – He's 74. He can't, re, he can't bottom out. He better go to the Lakers. <laughs> he might now. He might be able to call now. Like, hey, I heard you got LeBron and Anthony Davis. You know all that shit I said about LeBron and stuff in Miami? I don't forget about that. But the Heat kind of got stuck in a bad spot because LeBron left him. And then they were mediocre when he left. They had the Chris Bosh situation happen. So I think they were around about 35, 38 wins. And then, of course, they bounced back and made the playoffs 2016 with about 48, 49 wins. And then after that, they were down again. And they were back up again with 44, 45 wins making the playoffs. So, I mean, I kind of see why they're doing what they're doing. Um, you know, it's a competitive franchise with competitive guys. It's a great destination. And, of course, it was Dwayne Wade's last year, and they almost made the playoffs. So you don't want to send Dwayne Wade out with 21 wins or something like that. <laughs> so I kind I kind of see where they're going. Um, they don't believe in the tanking philosophy, so I see where they're going. But they just have to get some contracts get off the books and kind of start being in play again for for agency because they've been drafting somewhat solid. Winslow's not bad, things like that. But I mean, you're signing guys like Dion Waiters and. We, I mean, at, at the time, White side like he was gonna be good, but he turned out to be bad. So you know, yeah. things like that, yeah. you know, hit or miss. So I, I can't kill the Heat because of the pedigree. It's kind of like the Spurs. You know, I don't care who the Spurs draft. I'm gonna always believe like that's gonna be a good pick. So kind of same with the Heat. Just trust in leadership. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, for me, with just bet, backing off that too is with Dwayne Wade, like. You couldn't tell him, no, we're not re-signing him one more year. We already went through that when he left to Chicago. You kind of – you knew it was his last year. You got to sign him and kind of be competitive because Dwayne Wade, although it was his last year, he was still competitive. He was still a pretty good basketball player. And like you said, Hassan Whiteside, you know, wildly overpaid, but when he comes in the game, he's pretty decent. And they got Goran Dragic, who gets hurt a lot, but also decent. So they were kind of in this weird conundrum where it's like, how the fuck do we handle the situation? Like, it's uh, in between. We have good players, but we also have a bunch of hurt guys. We also got a bunch of old guys. There was kind of no – it was a lose-lose situation, whatever they did. Yeah, they've been drafting well. Though. Josh Richardson and Bam, you know, they kind of got to let some things kind of keep on developing for them. So, 
I think the Heat are kind of on like their wait and see approach with so many young guys. Hopefully, some guys can be trade assets or potential all stars. They're kind of on like their, their wait and see trajectory. Once some of the contracts get off the books, or if they can kind of wheel and deal at a trade deadline, the Heat could be back in a year or so just because of who they have in leadership and location. I mean, guys love Miami. I agree. Yeah. We all love Miami, man. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, let me go. Uh, let me go a different direction. Let me kill. I, I got to kill a team, um, and it's what they did. They they, they 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 keep being doing the same thing over and over again, and they think a bunch of guys are the same, are the same stature is going to work, and it's not. And uh, that's I'm sorry, but that's the Portland Trailblazers, and my boy Dame Lillard does not deserve this. Um, you already have Aminu, you already have Harkless, you have Evan Turner. You have guys like this who can't shoot. You see what happened when they brought Rodney Hood over in the playoffs and how he was able to make shots from the perimeter and how far that they can go if they have somebody, of course, better than Rodney Hood. So you get into the draft, and, of course, you're, you know, you're a late pick, so you have to hope somebody falls to you. And I've seen two guys fall right down to their spot, and Kevin Johnson and Kevin Porter. Uh, goes first go and Kendall Johnson went to a great great team probably better for him anyway uh, to go to San Antonio but Portland need, needed a, another wing player to go along Damon CJ and they chose Nazir Little who did fall in the draft but I mean he's really a mean with just more athleticism and I don't I don't understand the the concept of, of, of trying to you know have a guy who can bang inside when you have a guy like Nurkic when he come back from injury and you have a meaning, you have all these guys, you have all these wing players who they're not three and D, they're they're two and D, and that's not gonna work. Especially when teams are strategically double teaming Dame and CJ and making somebody else score. And why not get why not get players, whether it's via for agency, via draft, who can score without the help of Dame and CJ? And that's been Portland's biggest problem for the last three, four years. Uh, me and Rashad always preached that they should go at the mellow when he was bought out, but they didn't do it. Um, so it's like they, they always – they know their problem, and yet they fail to fix it. And, you know, um, as a as a Dane fan, I, you know, I'm sick of it. Man, I, I mean, you hit the nail on the coffin there, man. That, that That's a good point. Yeah, they have a lot of guys like Little on the team already, like – the Rodney Hood point was perfect. I mean, you can't, that's what you need in the NBA. I, I didn't think about it. You brought up something I didn't even like think about when they dropped. And I was like, oh, little, yeah, he, he dropped. They got a kind of a steal as far as, you know, he might have been a little more talented than the slot. But the fit is not there. Sometimes it's not about the talent, it's about the fit on the team. And you, little just doesn't fit for what they need it doesn't fit a need you know like that sometimes like you go back to like nfl football uh, you've got your offensive linemen or you got wide receivers you gotta you gotta fill in the holes and they just didn't fit, fill in the hole yeah and for me it's like you know you mentioned some of their bigs but you still didn't mention that they drafted a big in zach collins and they still got miles leonard there a bunch of just bigs that can't create their own shot and I'm not saying this year Little can't create his own shot eventually, but he's, you know, you could have gone for more of a guard. And I think the best example was Kevin Porter Jr. Also, he's a Northwest kid from Seattle. Um, Obviously, we know that we're from Seattle, but he's, you know, he's a Northwest kid from Seattle, probably like playing in Portland, Northwest. Kind of a guy that people compare to James Harden. I'm not saying he's going to be James Harden, but 
He has that step back game. He has that create your own shot game. And maybe it would have been nice for Portland instead of relying, like you're saying, on Damon CJ every time to pick up a guy that can create his own shot rather than having another small forward or power forward that, you know, needs the help of others. And I totally agree. And I feel like Portland's kind of every single year drafted the same kind of guys. And there's been like no learning from their mistakes. Well, I'm going to be the outlier. I can't queue up Portland for the pick. Um, at pick 25, you kind of want to go with best available because little does have upside. Um, and after next year, you know, guys like Turner could be a buyout candidate or he could get traded. And um, guys like Amino and Harkless, they're going to be on, I think, aspiring deals as well. So, I mean, you're kind of drafting Hood. He was a, a, a low, on a low contract. I think he got bought out. So, you kind of have to start kind of replacing your bench because after next year, who knows if guys want to – we even want to come play in Portland. It hasn't been proven to be a a destination for guys to come play to, you know, come play in. And uh, I don't even think they gave Melo a call. So just picking little here, I, I can't kill him for it. He was the best available on the board. Um, the guy who went right after him, Windler, would have probably been a better pick because of his game. Um, maybe even like you guys said, Kevin Porter. But I can't, I can't kill him for the little pick just because of – his upside, and he was he was considered the best available on the board. Well, so. I'm going to kill him because one, he's not <laughs> he wasn't the best. I'm I'm sorry, he was not. I have didn't see nothing in North Carolina. I didn't see nothing in this game that made me think that he really shouldn't have been a first round pick. I know he got the potential, quote unquote, but he's a he's a undersized power forward. He's really a power forward. He might be he might be a small forward on the video game of 2K or something, but. He he's a six seven with a really really long wingspan, which gives him the and a bigger body strength that makes him be a power forward. And their their biggest need, like I said, is about spacing because if you don't have the spacing, then you don't allow DJ and and uh, DJ CJ and Dane to flourish. And it's it's about them. It's really not about nothing else. You just want you like it's. You want the options, just like just like the Warriors losing to the Raptors. They didn't have the options on the court after injury, to where okay, well Curry's out, out the game and Clay's on, so let's just focus on Clay because we're not worried about Draymond, we're not worried about Livingston, we're not worried about them. And I think that's that's the reason why Portland Trailblazers are always never going to be a, a championship contender. And whether you know they need a stretch four big, which you know somebody like Zach Collins can fit. So you have him playing the four, or he can play the five. You got Nurkic who who really a do it all guy? He just was injured this year, but if you if you had that three, that three is is big time. And, I, and I'm sorry, you know, paint, putting putting a bunch of three or four or five random guys rotating in at a three or four spot, you know, it's really not it's really not sufficient to me. I rather have that one or two guy I can trust the most. And because you know, even even during the, the Portland playoff run, you have one game where Hawkins get thirty, and then he's done for the next six games. Then you have Rodney Hood come with twenty five. He's done for the next three games. Evan Turner get a triple double, and then you don't see he don't even get us a, uh, a single, single, single. You know, you don't get one, one, one. He, he just don't do nothing no more. So it's like it's kind of like I don't know. It's kind of a you you got to you got to fix your problems, and you know that that's, that's why I tell you about Jalen Brown. He did go get traded for Clint Capella because what's Boston problem? They can't rebound. Get Capella, boom, you can rebound. I just feel like if you, if you, if you have a problem for multiple years, it's, it's time to fix it. You know. Especially if it's if, if it's what's holding you back. 
No, I, 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 I agree with you. I'm on your side on that one just because at some point you got to fix one of your problems. Um, a couple of things I wanted to mention. First of all, uh, I know we're big on the Charlotte Hornets here. Charlotte Hornets podcast. <laughs> we just uh, picked Cody Martin in the second round. So that's great. Um, <laughs> ball, 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 ball. <laughs> ball, ball, ball. Man, how's Ball Ball still not been drafted yet? I mean, That's my guy right there, man. Ball Ball. I mean, I've been looking. At, I keep refreshing the, the ESPN right now while we're recording, and I'm like, this guy was a preseason top five pick. I mean, whether it's his work ethic, at, what, I, at some point someone needs to take a flyer on this guy. We're, what, we're on the 37th pick now, 38th pick, and we still haven't seen him. The Pelicans are on the board. If I'm the Pelicans, I'm taking a flyer on Ball Ball at this point, right? I mean, we're talking about one of the most talented guys in the whole draft. Yeah, he had uh, an injury in Oregon. Yeah, he might. They said that he had bad workouts, but when you got a talent like that, at some point, I mean, usually I don't like to talk about the second round of a draft, but I mean, we're at the point like Ball Ball is like. It's like one of those quarterbacks who just keeps falling in the draft. <laughs> well, yeah. So, yeah, what you what you said about you know his injuries that's that's really the reason why. And I've been saying this for a while. I'm shocking to test to it. I was like, you know, we we always talk about Zion, RJ, and John Moran's one, two, three. And I said, if you can promise me ten years of healthy basketball for a ball ball, then I I would take a four. I would uh, because you're talking about a guy who's seven two, seven three who can put the ball on the floor, who can shoot the ball at a high rate um, from anywhere on the court. Yes, he will be a perfect fit wherever he goes. And now that it's the second round, it, it, it's just like, you know, uh, in the NFL, you get to that six, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Now you're not you know, a guy with high character, uh, low, low character problems. You can take that risk on him. So I feel like he will come off the board in any second now. And that uh, we'll probably, we'll probably talk about it when he comes up, but you know, um, it's, it's, it's going to be a point where teams, you know what, let's just take a risk on him. If he pans out, perfect. If he doesn't, oh, well, it's a second-round pick. Who cares, you know? So, um, yeah. That's that's how I feel about the second round. Like, I'm just throwing flyers out there. I mean, historically, how many great second-round picks do you have? I mean, a lot. some of them don't even make the roster at the beginning of the season or get demoted to the D-League. Yeah, I so like Bowl Bowl, too. Well, the Warriors just traded for the Pelicans' pick, so that'd be nice if they get ball ball. <laughs> no, yeah, he, he so can be a Warriors Spate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like ball ball too. I wanted him to try to get to the Spurs because uh, I knew at nineteen they were looking at uh, Goga, and he got snipped by the Pacers, so they ended up going Luca. But I was hoping the Spurs would have gave him a look. You know, outside of the Kawhi situation, the medical staff has been, for the most part, solid. Um, but I like what the Spurs did. But I was hoping Bowl Bowl went there or at least get the guy to OKC because they have Adams and you know they need they need shooting to space out for Paul uh, Westbrook or maybe get them to Utah. Like when, when Goldberg goes out the game, you still have shot blocking and spacing. So I'm not sure who Ball Ball fall, you know, who he falls to, but I think he'll be a solid addition wherever he's at. And like Kevin said, if this guy's healthy. He can probably get you 18 and 9 and good defense for the next 10 years. And I'm, I'm glad you brought up that Thunder, man. That's another team I need to kill because they <laughs> you can't shoot. Okay, see, you haven't been able to shoot since Kevin Durant left. And really, he was the only shooter on the team. Now that he's gone, you have nobody. Paul George, okay, he's solid. He had nobody. He had nothing but athletes. 
And yet, what you do again? You draft a guy who didn't even go to college, went overseas, well, was going to play G League, changed his mind because he probably wouldn't, he wouldn't cut out for it, went across the seas and tried to play, but didn't play over there either. So you got somebody who can't shoot. He's 6'9", another athlete. You already got Jerry Grant right there. I just don't I, – I, you know, sometimes I'll just be questioning teams, and I'll be like, do you see a problem? Do you need to, you know, step back and look at, you know, look at what you put on the court? Because, man, if, if my star can't shoot, and I, I tell Rashad this all the time, I know he's he not really a, a big Giannis guy, but the Bucks did the, the perfect thing where you put nothing but shoes around this guy so where that way his shooting is not as worried, you know, uh, uh, not as big of a deal. And just like Ben Simmons last year, we had Ilasova and um, who was that? Bellinelli, Sarge. Sarge. Like ben, ben, ben Simmons shooting wasn't as yeah. bad. You know, it wasn't looked as as bad because he had more into the into the playoffs. Into, yeah, to the playoffs. Yeah, to the playoffs. <laughs> but then when they brought in, got rid of all them, brought in Jimmy and Tobias, who's not that great of shooters. Now it's like, man, we need Ben Simmons to make a shot. Well, you got rid of all the shooters, so I, I don't know. I just don't understand. Your best player can't shoot. You need to surround him with a bunch of shooters. And Thunder just disappointed me again, as always. Yeah, not not to give the cliche, you know, draft the white guy that can shoot with Ty Jerome. But they, they probably should, uh, yeah, they probably should have drafted the white guy this time. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Ty Jerome with the pick after. And, uh, you know, I don't see Ty Jerome as being a guy that's going to be, a, you know, creating his own shot in the NBA. I'm going to see him as a spot-up Oh, you don't shooter. think he's a high flyer? No. Uh, he's going <laughs> to be a, a spot-up shooter, and I think that would be great for the for the Thunder. So I agree with you. I mean, you look at this team, you got a guy like Westbrook that, I don't know, either he can't figure out how to shoot or he can't figure out that he can't shoot. At the same time, he doesn't understand it. He thinks he can shoot. That's yeah, the problem. that's the problem. But you need to get shooters around him, and I – Honestly, instead of going with a wing, I, I'd probably like I'd probably go with just a spot up shooter and at least get some guys that you know can hit shots. I mean, we saw this with the uh, Brooklyn guys. This is not just to make a Virginia comparison, but Joe Harris, right? Joe Harris, he you know he's that guy that he's not going to create his own shot. He came out of Virginia. He was just that classic, not a high flyer. Yeah, classic white guy <laughs> shooter that can knock down shots. And guess what? I think Ty Jerome's going to be the same thing. And this is not to stereotype, but this is just to be honest here. And uh, I think I agree with you. I, I Honestly, if I'm the Thunder, I'm going with more of a pick like that. Not, you know, just get a shooter for these guys. Because obviously this team needs a damn shooter. Because you got Roberson, who has the ugliest shot I've ever seen. Adams is not going to be shooting. Uh, Paul George is a good shooter, man. Paul George is a good shooter, but he's a creator. You yeah. need a real shooter that can just spot up and hit down jumpers and they, they can't find that alex abrinas <laughs> that's yeah that was the best that's chance. the best chance right now but yeah that i mean yeah and i think that's like the biggest thing about you know afraid to see in the draft is like um you you have you have to fix on your knees and i've been trying i've been trying to force this force these hashtags about free free bradley bill and free kevin love you know i feel like a thunder should have pulled a trade somehow Trade trade all your first trade two first round pieces. Got to go go get Kevin Love. You you hire a lot of things if you can go get you a shooter, especially a stretch four, versus getting a a athlete in Grant when you don't really need that many athletes. I mean, you know, Russ is <laughs> Russ is the only athlete you really need on the team because he he's fast. He's gonna be faster than most players on the court. So you know, what I'm saying it just, it just you just have to you have to find ways to to improve your team or do what the Suns did is you know trade back in the draft. Also picked up a great player in. Uh, Dario Sarge and have him made a special floor. You, I mean, you don't need a star like Kevin Love, but 
give me a yellow soba, somebody who can get out there and do something. Um, so I don't know. I but that's the that's the that. problem though. Like they don't have any. They have a good GM, but they don't have any cap space to sign any shooting. So, I mean, when you pay guys like Stephen Adams twenty plus million, what can you mm. really do? And get, and getting Kevin Love wouldn't solve the problem because his deal runs past Paul George and Westbrook deal, I think. So, and he's about thirty million. So you really couldn't sign any bench guys then. You know, mid level vet minimum. But how many guys are taking mid level and vet minimum to go to OKC? Right. Yeah, I just so, want you know things I just like want that. At least one hey, it don't got to be that many. Just give me one at least, <laughs> at least one. I know. That's the problem well, with them. I heard today that they were uh, trying to uh, get who was it? Uh, Bradley Beal. The Wizards were looking at him for New Orleans. Uh, the Thunder were also trying to get rid of Stephen Adams, but there's no fit either way there. Like let's say that, like let's what what are the Thunder gonna do or the Wizards? Like are they gonna swap Stephen Adams' contract for Bradley Beal's contract, <laughs> or are you gonna swap Stephen Adams for Kevin Love? Like both ways. Like I I see the fit. Like they need a guy like Kevin Love, but and they need to get Stephen Adams off the book. But who's gonna take Stephen Adams' contract? Like yeah, in theory it sounds great. Let's try to get rid of Stephen Adams' contract, but who? Who wants to put up that money for Stephen Adams unless they're unless OKC's okay, eating half the clock? Boston, somebody who need a bit who can who can't rebound. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. I, but, I, but I think Boston might try to get Capella yeah. though. Boston has better. Oh yeah, of course, of course, Stephen Adams. I mean, yeah, I mean Steve, Steve, I, I think Stephen Adams and Capella are similar as far as tier wise. Now they play different different styles of basketball, but as far as tier wise, I think they probably as far as overall probably the same level. But yeah, I mean, I can't agree. If you put Capella in 1955, he'd be a little. <laughs> <laughs> Steven Adams is George Michael. <laughs> oh, man. Part two, Clint, Bill Russell, Bill Russell, part two. They get Clint, get Capella. I, I know 11 rings coming. Yeah. Like, guys, I, I, I have a theory that if Bill Russell played today, he would be Clint Capella basically because the stats are so similar. Like, Bill Russell was one of the top five tallest player in the league and he was only shooting 40% like man were you not ducking on people or you getting 20 rebounds why aren't you getting put backs and stuff yeah like what yeah. was happening with your yeah. shot I always, I, I always say man like I'd probably be Bob Cousy if I played in the 50s like a undersized 5'9 guy who's <laughs> like or shoot like perfect now I'm, I'm, I'm a hall of famer at that point Ty Jerome can be Bob Cousy <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm a modern day Pistol Pete. <laughs> <laughs> you know who would have been really good back in the day? Frank Kaminsky of a Charlotte Hornets. <laughs> Frank Kaminsky would have been an, an animal. <laughs> if he was, if he was, yeah. But he's been Dolph <laughs> Chase, thirty and ten again. Dolph <laughs> But yeah, but yeah, this you know I, I do I do like like I said this this drive was pretty good. Um, from from at least from the first round perspective. Yeah, I, I feel like the, the, a couple teams failed, but most of the teams did actually pretty solid. I think uh, do you have anybody that that uh, you thought maybe went too high? Because I, I looked at Cam Johnson and that kind of shocked me a little bit um, going at 11 when he was projected mock ground like 25, 26. I guess for me, and I'm a University of Washington graduate and a big Huskies fan, I was kind of surprised uh, Thibel went as high as he did. Because I watched him for four years at the University of Washington. He plays some really good defense, but the guy cannot shoot worth a lick, man. The guy cannot knock down an open jumper in the NBA. No, in the NBA, okay, he knocks down 18-footers in college. Like, 
I still, I've ne- I don't see him being an offensive threat. I think he's going to be great defensively. I just was surprised. I thought he was going to go late first round. I didn't think he was going to go 20th. So I, it's not like a reach, not a huge reach, but that, I guess that was a surprise to me. Uh, for me, I, honestly, I was going to agree with the, the Cam Johnson comment you made because I actually remember looking at George and saying, wait, who's that? And then I was like, oh, yeah, he played for North Carolina, right? Like, and for, usually when there's a guy in North Carolina or Kentucky or Duke, like, you really know who he is. And with Cam Johnson, I was kind of like, wait, who? And I figured it out, obviously, once I saw him and I saw some highlights. But when when it's a guy that's in the top 10 or 11 and I don't even remember him on his own team, I, I kind of feel like it's a little bit of a reach. You know, when uh, I mean, even with uh, when you look at uh, uh, Duke, right, even with them and, you know, Cam Reddish was the third guy picked from that team. We knew who Cam Reddish was, but with Cam Johnson, I just felt like it was a type of pick that I don't know if he's necessarily going to be any, any kind of a standout in the NBA because we barely remember him from college. And and honestly, if it doesn't spark my memory and you're in the top 15, unless you're an international guy and haven't seen him, it kind of it shocks me a little bit. Uh, I guess I'd say Cam Johnson too, because um, I think everybody else kind of feel where they were expected to. I know some people who are Heat fans kind of thought Hero was a little too high, but he fit what the Heat needed. They need scoring. So I'd probably say Cam Johnson too. Um, everybody else kind of feel what we thought they would. I know we were, I was texting back and forth with Kevin. He was like, watch out for Hayes to the Pelicans. So, and it made sense because he's a big, they, they can work alongside Zion. So I think uh, everything kind of feel, especially a lot, especially like lottery wise and like the top 17 picks. I think it kind of went almost, almost chalk basically. Um, I like what the Bulls did with Kobe White too. Oh yeah. Now, my, my, what I'm saying that Cam Johnson was a, was a, was a reach, you know, I think the pick was perfect. Like, I think him going to the Suns was perfect. Just not at 11. You could have probably traded back to 17, got you a couple more picks. Maybe, you know, I, I don't I don't know what, what whatever value that is, but you could have got something else with, with that pick and then got Cam Johnson. You know, that, that would have made more sense to me. Um, I, don't, I don't think – I don't think the, the guy was the wrong fit. It just where they got him at, which, you know, alludes to his, you know, his draft value, and I didn't think it was – Worth worth the eleven, um, and yeah, like you said, Rashad, I do. I like the Kobe White to Chicago. Chicago is another team that we didn't mention as far as the Hawks coming. The Bulls are coming too because they have Lloyd Marketing, Wendell Carter Jr., Levine's put up twenty points a game last year. They traded for Otto Porter, and then you add another another six five guard. Like that's a big backcourt, and you know I I like my I like my guards big. Well, you got six six Levine and six five Kobe White. I think that's going to be, you know, kind of kind of mismatch one way or another when teams are guarding them because both of them can get their own shot. I agree with yeah. that. Let me. Uh, can I give one more that I I kind of didn't like too much? But, but, but before before you give that, yeah, I'll give the ball ball there. Ball ball got drafted to the Heat. Yeah, ball ball to the Heat. So he's got his opportunity. I like, I like that. that. Okay. Yeah. I think that'll be good. Uh. I want to give my one more guy I didn't really like too much. There's this, uh, I don't know how to say his last name, but Chuma Okiki, whatever, from Auburn. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. I liked him. He was awesome in college. He was great in the in the tournament. But I, I think more than anything, two things. One, obviously, he's a, 
coming off his torn ACL from the tournament. And I think the Magic have kind of just overdone it with drafting the big guys. Kind of reminds me of the Blazers, too, same comparison. But you got Aaron Gordon, who can't do much in the league, but, you know, be athletic. You got Vujicic, whatever. He, you know, he was great, but he was the best option. But Vujicic, you got um, last year. uh, Bamba. I forget his name. Yeah, thank you, Mo Bamba. I was like the guy from the song. They, I feel like they just, that's all I can remember. That's a bad sign where I don't even remember you from the NBA. I just remember the guy from the song. And, I, like, they just keep drafting bigs that kind of can't score, can't really do much in the league to me. And I really didn't like that pick too much, especially a guy that's coming off a torn ACL and you're just drafting another big. The Magic have not, like, solidified a good – pick in a while I feel like and that's just, just it's starting to bother me well I like Okiki as far as a player um yes now the fit the fit you know he's six seven so he is under he's undersized as well um I think that Aaron Gordon may be on the 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 trade block um the reason I say this is because they they have to be they have to be careful and strategic of what they're going to do because drafting Bomba kind of messed them up because you had Vucevic, and you didn't know. Well, he was on. He was. He's always been a solid player, uh, but you know when he took that step this year with Steve Clifford as his coach, became an All Star, and, and now it's like, do we let Vucevic walk away? Because that's twenty and ten a night, and I didn't. I didn't really see Bamba doing much. You know, well, offensively he's a long way away, but defensively he's there. Um, and I don't. I don't know. He just. I feel like they should have drafted someone different last year. Uh, which which would have made this this Kiki um, pick more um, better because like you said Aaron Gordon and John John Isaac none of these guys can play the two guard spot so you know it, yeah, it I is, forgot about Jonathan yeah, Isaac and, too. I, and I do like uh, Jonathan Isaac a lot yeah Isaac I like it but they're a lot of the same a guys. lot of the same guys but the, the now the the good thing is you know this Steve, Steve Clifford is known for like uh, well, yeah he, he can develop yeah he can develop and I think it is a steal. Um, cause I think he probably would have gone top 10 if it wasn't for his injury. He was already shooting up boards, um, as far as intangibles, as far as, um, what the analytics say that he's supposed to be, you know, he, he's, he should be one of the guys in the NBA that, that transition to, you know, to a star. Um, and I, it's like I said, it's, it's for magic. I think I, I'm hoping that they're, they're taking calls for Aaron Gordon. Um, because, you know, I, I'm not saying that he's needed to be traded, but I like Isaac. I like Vucevic and, those two, those two should be the cornerstones. I think Aaron Gordon could be traded, maybe for another two guard. I don't know who. I, I can't even think of a trade that that'll make sense. I mean, unless unless you trade Aaron Gordon for Bradley Beal, you know. But um, as far as I, I can't I, see I, it, Gordon's, Gordon's on like twenty three. I mean, I, I don't see, but I don't see no other. I don't see no other shooting guards on the block. You know that that's that's for a trade that can get for you know that you can get for Aaron Gordon. So. It's like I don't know. Maybe they just hope that, like you said earlier about the Hawks. Maybe they just get a bunch of people and say, as long as two of y'all pan out, we good. You know. So, so that's yeah. I mean, they they still have Fultz down there, and they they could be hoping he turns into something. I mean, got to wait and see with Fultz. I mean, he didn't look great. Yeah. We don't know what's going on with him, but they're probably hoping for that. They're probably hoping Bamba reaches his upside. They're probably hoping for Isaac that reaches upside. Well, this, so you just have to have to wait and see. This, this was a team I thought would would attack a shooting guard and you know when when the pick came up I was thinking okay this this is perfect for Langford this is perfect for well I think Langford went at 14 but it was perfect for Kevin Porter 
perfect Kelton Johnson. This this is their spot right here, especially out you know, different mock drafts. And when they got Okiki, I was happy. You know, like, oh yeah, that's my that's my guy. But then I was like, man, well, why is he when, when is he where is he gonna fit when he come back? You know, so I'm I'm I'm, hope, I'm hoping they're making some other moves. Um, bomb it, it, and they bring Vucevic back. That is going to create a big log jam. So I don't know. Maybe maybe they know something yeah. we don't know. Yeah, and it's weird because like you know that team was a team that made the playoffs last year, and usually you think a team that's going to make the play make the playoffs wants to take that next step. All right, they got the playoff experience. Now let's try to take that next step. I mean, they get a guy coming off an ACL injury who might not be ready most of the season and might not even play next year it's kind of just doesn't make sense to me like ben why even go for that play they knew they had to kind of go backwards again i feel like yeah one thing about the east the bottom of it always opens up because like the top three to five always kind of stay the same with that bottom kind of always opens up so orlando was in this year with about 41 42 wins they could fall out next year if their also doesn't come back. And then you have guys like, um, like, you know, if Kawhi stays, they're going to be a lock. If the Bucks bring back Middleton, they're going to be a lock. So you're kind of already knocking out spots like that. Philadelphia is going to be in teams like Chicago and the Hawks could emerge. So you think about if the top three to four stay the same and two to three emerge, people like the Pistons could fall out. So, and they had a good pick with Seku, but you just never know. Like the, Bottom of the East is really wild. The, and the Pistons just drafted another power for it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, they got Drummond, Blake Griffin, Sekou. And they got on, they got man. the guy uh, Roby from Nebraska, so that's another power for which they had. Oh, uh, yeah, but they had no point guard, no shooting guard, no small board. So you know, you know, you just throw four bigs out there, and maybe that work. It's crazy. <laughs> exactly. And mean, Bo- even Bo- even Bo- a got traded, guys. <laughs> To where? <laughs> Denver. Hey, I like that. Oh, oh Denver. I like that one. Yeah, I, I like that one. I think everyone's oh, yes, going to like yes, that. Yes, yes. Everyone's like that. Yes, I like that and they got Denver's going to win the West. Oh, my gosh. And they got Michael Porter Jr. coming back next year. They're stacking up some, like, they can sh- guys who are hurt they can sh- with high upside. They can, like shoot, they can shoot the basketball if all of them there. That's because, oh, gosh, I like that a lot. The ball ball can play powerful. Denver, Denver can win the West, that's man. A, like, Denver is loaded. That's a, yeah. If they, if they can take – if their backcourt, which I predicted last year, will be a top five this year, which, you know, Gary Harris got hurt, so it kind of messed me up a little bit. I'm I'm, I'm going to restate that, that that claim again, that the Denver backcourt is going to be top five this season if Gary Harris can step it oh, up. And they can easily do that if Gary Harris steps up. Yeah, because Jamal, Jamal Murray is there. He, he, he proved it. Gary Gary Harris getting injured kind of kind of knocked him off a little bit, um, but you know um, it it's it it, it 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 is prevalent that Denver Nuggets with Ball Ball and Porter Jr. My gosh, that's that's so much shooting because now you can't you can't help out you can't you can't help out Jokic. I mean, you, or you can't double team because everybody can knock it down a shot. That's going to be great. Outside of Ball Ball, are, are you guys excited about anybody else in the second round? I mean, not really, but I, I, I just—I just thought Breach well, report posted a big ball ball, and it's—it's it, it's the most pointless video I've ever seen. <laughs> you guys have a chance to go to their, <laughs> to their now, Twitter account. I can't stop laughing. I actually have a guy I'm excited about in the second round. Go ahead, which is Admiral Schofield from Tennessee. Oh uh, yeah, he—he he went to uh, uh, Washington to the Wizards, and I know they got Rui Hashimura in the first round. Um, they're just stacking up on the bigs. I know they got to get rid of John Wall somehow or hope he comes back healthy. But I kind of like that Showfield pick. You saw that that Tennessee team was a bunch of good guys that fought hard, tough workers, and I like Showfield a lot. Um, 
I like that pick in the second round because now you got some, you know, solid power forwards, but guys that can move in Hachimera and uh, and Schofield. Really like that pick. Um, outside of that, I haven't been too attentive of the picks that are going on in the second round, but I actually really like that. I, and they have Jabari Parker still there too. He need to go. He he need to go to the house. <laughs> he need to hang up. Um, I did like uh, early in the second round. Carson Edwards went to uh, to to the Celtics. Um, with losing, mm, I know George like that. Losing, like that losing Kyrie, losing Rozier, and I've always, I've always said this: a point guard in, in Brad Stevens' system is 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 a bona, almost, almost an all star. Uh, you saw bona fide because yeah, Isaiah Thomas was was <laughs> we, he almost won MVP <laughs> in Brad Stevens. Yeah, Kyrie did his thing, and, went, and now he's out of the league. And, <laughs> and then Terry Scary when he was when he was Terry Scary instead of Terry Rozier, you talking about. Guy who at one point people were saying they don't really need Kyrie because how great Rozier is. So I felt like he's, if, if they don't do anything else and they don't bring nobody in and Carson and Carson Edwards, uh, Carson Edwards get the the starting job, I feel like he's going to be a problem because he's just like the rest of them a scoring point guard. So if five now Isaiah Thomas can do it, I'm pretty sure five eleven six foot Carson Edwards can do it too. So uh, that that's something that's something to look out for. Um, he and he dominated in the NCAA tournament. And speaking of that, I just wanted to mention, like, just piggybacking off that. I hope Kyrie, no one signs Kyrie. It'd be kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, I saw, I saw, the, I saw the Nets. The, the, the hate Kyrie fan club over here. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you know how they said the Celtics were ghosting his, he was ghosting the Celtics that report came out. I think the whole NBA should just ghost Kyrie for like a couple months, get him nervous and shit. Like, <laughs> this guy's kind of an asshole, man. Like, I'm not signing him as my number one guy. Would you like? You, oh, of course not. You guys were as you guys are Atlanta Hawks fans, right? Oh no! Oh no! No oh, sir! No! <laughs> no! no I, I like I like what they're doing, you know, movement wise, but not a Hawk fan at all. I'm, I'm a Spurs fan, and Kill's a Laker fan. All right. Would you guys want him as your number one option under any circumstance? No, oh, no, 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 no. As president of the Kyrie uh, Hater Club, uh, no. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> me, me, and you both. <laughs> I no. I don't. I don't even. Well, every time they were talking about the Lakers might get him, I was, I was commenting on the, on the every single thing about with, with the little, um, with the little, uh, the yuck emoji because I, I just can't, I can't stand it. I couldn't stand it. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't make teams better as a one option because he, he's so ball dominant. He would need somebody to play off of. Like him and LeBron fit perfect because LeBron can handle the media stuff. He doesn't mind talking to the media. And LeBron's a tone setter. And even with the Cavs, you know, guys like Richard Jefferson have said, Cowie was a bit moody. Sometimes he'll be joking, laughing, playing. And sometimes he'll be spaced out, ignoring group outings, things like that. So that's just his personality. I know him and Kevin Durant are friends, but I don't even think they would fit well together. So hopefully, you know, whoever signs Kyrie, good luck with it because I don't think Brooklyn oh, would boy. elevate it. I don't think I don't think they would elevate. I mean, him and Russell could be a good pairing along with them. I don't see it. The three guard three guard system maybe works, but I don't see it. And the Knicks, maybe they maybe they nick it up and sign them <laughs> nick anyway. <it> up. <laughs> so you know, probably <laughs> will. We can add and, uh, him to the long list of point guards like Stephon Marbury, Steve Francis, Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe they maybe they nick it up Randy and do Felton. it. I don't, I don't, I don't think the Clippers do it because they already have Shea Gilders Alexander. They have they have leadership seven point guards over there. Jesus Christ! Yes, I don't think I don't think the Clippers do it, and I think Boston's kind of 
already cool on them. So outside of the Knicks nicking it up, I can't see anybody signing them unless Brooklyn just says the hell with it. Isn't that kind of funny? Like, like seriously, no one, <laughs> no one wants to sign. I mean, now. I know it's like you have you have all these other guys like the Kawhi's and. Well, actually, it's actually really funny. You have Jimmy Butler and Kyrie Irving. Where some a lot of teams are probably just like, eh, they're kind of assholes. I don't know. I don't know. Usually, these kind of free agents are like, you can't even get a meeting with them. Now it's like. Two guys, it's like, ah, God, these guys are assholes. I don't know. I, I can't wait for Kyrie to write his piece in the players. I can see I, him going I to I finally the- got a call from the Memphis Grizzlies. I really, I really wanted to go to, really to, to New York and go home, but then the Indiana Pacers called. <laughs> I, can, I can see him maybe entertaining Phoenix. Uh, that's just because, you know, one – He's away from everybody. Nobody really cares about Phoenix like that. But two, Dev Booker is a, it, he's a he, he can stud and he can play off ball as well as on ball. So I don't think Kyrie would hurt him, but I think Kyrie would hurt guys like D'Angelo Russell because I think D'Angelo Russell needs the ball in his hands as well, and you only got one basketball. So um, I don't think that one works. Even though, uh, even though they were talking about maybe getting rid of him too, but. You know, maybe go to New York. I don't know. New York doesn't have anybody, so but RJ. So maybe, maybe uh, they can go there and let Kevin Durant sign him too. Let him sit on the bench for a year, and they come back and try to go to the finals or something. I don't know. I know Kev loves uh, D'Angelo Russell. If the Nets sign Kyrie, Russell should just hope like the Pacers give him a contract and he can go possibly win the East because hit him and Oladipo oh, yes. and Turner and yeah, you know, I want him to go to the Mavericks. No, nah, not the Mavericks. I I want Luke. Nah, I, I think like a Ru- Ricky Rubio should probably go out to the Mavericks because Luca dominates the ball. So someone like like a Rubio. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I've been to all Euro team, man. They got no heart there. Not <laughs> yeah. It's... No, but no, that is actually kind of cool. Ricky Rubio. That's a good point. Yeah, because Luca dominates the ball so much. So I think uh, Rubio would probably be a fit down there. We, we know Ronald's not going back. He already clashed with Carlisle. So I think Rubio would probably be a, um, a better fit down in Dallas. How about Orlando for D'Angelo Russell? Yes, yes. I, yeah, I, I like, like that. that. Because like one, Marquette Fultz and, De- and D'Angelo Russell are both interchangeable, and I think Marquette Fultz is going to come back. I, I, I do believe in that he, 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 can, he might not be the, the number one pick, Marquette Fultz, but um, I feel – He'll be quality. Yeah, I, I, th- yeah, yeah. I, I think he'll be a top 30 point guard, where he, which means he's a starter. And you have him and D'Angelo Russell, they both can play the two or the one. Yeah, I, I would like that a lot. Especially with all these big big men, you know, they can they can set pick and rolls and let the other score the points. I agree with that one hundred percent, completely. I had two questions for you guys. I know um, he was a problem for Duke in the tournament, but he may not even get drafted. Taco Fall, what do you guys think about him? And what do you guys think about the Cavaliers draft? I think the Cavs draft kind of went under the radar. Yeah, uh, talk first of all, Taco Fall. Uh, here's the thing with him. I mean, there's no reason to not take a a little bit of a risk on him, especially, like, second round now. My thing is, you saw him against Duke, kind of caused some havoc, right? Yeah, he might not be your, you know, he's not going to end up being a max player in the league that, you know, you have as a staple of your team. But he might be one of those guys that is on a good team that when they're playing a team that they want to slow down, he's able to go in there and slow them down and play some big man basketball. And with Taco, I, 
uh, those guys, he seems compared to most of these like seven, six, seven, five guys that we've seen, he seems the most mobile out of all of them. He's, he's able to move around. He's able to get some things done. I would take a risk on Taco Fall. And then on your second question with the Cavs, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is a steal. And I, I'm probably biased. I'm from Seattle. He, uh, I've saw, I saw him when he was playing in high school, so I'm a little biased. But this guy, you know, I, I know it might be kind of weird with their backcourt right now, Colin Sexton, but the Cavs are low-key having a nice draft. And, and you know what? For them, I'm happy for them because they've had so many years of trying to draft and doesn't work out. I would love to see them actually build from the ground up and have a successful draft. Uh, the Cavs, the Cavs, the, it it was a good draft as far as the players, but they they traded they they draft uh, they got the trade from uh, the Bucks and they took Kevin Porter as well. So now I'm thinking, well, you got Sexton, you got Garland, you got and you got. Um, you got Porter Jr. Porter. So it's, 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 it, it is very weird. And I'm trying to figure out what they're trying to do because I like my boy Seti, um Osmond over there. So it's kind of like, uh, are they are they just playing like a fast paced basketball team, or are they trying to be college like? Because I know they got Beeline there now. Um, I don't know. I want to see. I want to see how they feel in the court because I know Beeline likes the, that three guard set. But it's like, man, my boy Osmond is a hooper, and now you know, does he? Does he play a, a small ball for him? I mean, he's six eight, but I mean, he's not like a you don't you don't really think of him as a powerful you know as a as a slash power forward. So I don't I don't know what they're trying to do, but it's gonna be interesting to see how, how Coach Beeline coached that team. But for right for right now, I can't really say too much because I didn't really see Garland too much in high school, and he only played like five games in college, so um, it's it's not a much sample size. But I think I think Kevin Porter, and I think I think they drafted. Um, the guy from Belmont. Yeah, Whitley. so Whitley. that yeah. and, and he's he's similar to Seti Osman. Yeah, so so I, I don't know. It, it's they got, they got they just like the other teams and the Hornets and the Magic, but they just log jam theirs at the wing spot. So I don't I mean, at the guard spot. So I just don't know what they're trying to do. Maybe some moves going to be made after the draft. I do know a lot of people get traded after the draft. Um, so we'll see we'll see if if they all them stay there, but. Um, I don't know. It just it just it just a, a peculiar spot, and Cavs don't have no direction. So let's see what they're trying to do. Yeah, something funny you said about those other teams, including the Cavs. It's a lot of losing franchises. Let's forget the Cavs with LeBron, but outside of Cavs with LeBron, you mentioned a lot of franchises that have drafted a lot of guys, lost them a lot of guys, and not been that successful. So maybe they are doing something wrong with these guys. <laughs> Yeah, I guess maybe maybe Kobe Altman can do something pretty good, you know. Hopefully, he, he's a better GM than they've had in the past. You know, I know they had David Griffin for a few years, but before him, they were terrible. Yeah, and you know, I'll give Dick a little bit of credit to David Griffin, but like, I mean, I I, I wouldn't do too bad if I had Kyrie and then I had LeBron James. <laughs> you know, I know, right? Kevin Love, and then yeah. LeBron's friends with everybody, so he can get guys to come take <laughs> vet minimums. <laughs> Bet, yeah, get a veteran minimum. Just call LeBron. Like, let's see how he does here in New Orleans. Like, I got maybe he's great. But I'm just, I'll give him a little bit of credit, but then I mean, not that much. Well, I think that's pretty much it for today. Uh, I appreciate y'all guys for joining us. The draft is almost over. We got what, maybe ten more picks left. Um, so a lot of things going to shake out. A lot of trades going to happen. Um, like I said, thank y'all for joining us, George and Sammy. That being said, Thanks podcast. For having us, man. 
Oh yeah, anytime, anytime y'all want to come on, you know y'all more than welcome. Uh, Rashad, you got anything? You too. You too, man. Yeah, one more time, guys. Shout, your, shout yourselves out and tell everybody where to find you at. Go ahead, Sam. Uh, that being said, podcast with me, Sammy, and my brother George Azur. Uh, you can find us on all uh, all platforms of the podcast. Just type in that being said podcast, um, and we run Sant Sports S O N T Sports com so check that out and you can find all of our podcasts social media stuff there uh we really appreciate you guys this is our second podcast together and uh hopefully many more and maybe one day hopefully we can get together in person and do one too all right that'll be cool most definitely yeah absolutely it's always a pleasure it's always a pleasure with you guys man you guys are some knowledgeable guys and fun to be around too <laughs> You too, man. You too, man. Oh, yeah. Hopefully, hope you, hopefully you guys sign up for that league pass next year. Watch some Charlotte Hornet games together live. <laughs> that watch some Cavs too. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, that'll be fun. Preach, get, preach, get, preach. Uh, we out. Peace. Take care, guys. They said we should just tell you to try McDonald's Buttermilk Crispy Chicken Biscuit for breakfast, and we shouldn't make a big deal out of it. But how can we not? It's crispy, juicy chicken on a warm buttermilk biscuit brushed with butter, and you can enjoy it for breakfast for only $3 on the McDonald's one two three dollars menu? Oh, forget it. We're making this a big deal. That's more like it. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Summer's almost over, but at Old Navy, the styles are as hot as ever. Get to Old Navy now for 30% off all jeans, 40% off all dresses, and 50% off all tees. That's right, get 30, 40, and 50% off all your favorite styles for the whole family, plus up to 75% off clearance. Hurry in fast. These deals won't last. The sale ends soon at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Valid in-store 822 to 828 and online 822 to 824. Excludes in-store clearance, bubbles, active, licensed, and men's package tees.